0: Welcome to Thin Blue Line TV. My name is Ray Dietrich. I'm a former lawman who now spends my time fighting the false narrative against police that they're all racist killers and that's all you see in the media. All I do now is fight that false narrative and we do so at ThinBlueLineTV.com. You can check out our full episodes. We play them live every Friday, everywhere you can follow us or at ThinBlueLineTV.com. Check it out there. So this week, before I bring on uh, Dave and Betsy Smith, who are amazing, this week, I want to talk about the FBI, all right? Like, they're at the top of the news, um, and I want to get into something uh, that I think the time is here to ask the good agents, you know, is it time for you to move to another agency? If you're an FBI agent now, is it time for the good and honorable oath-keeping FBI agents to move on, you know, I had a 20-year law enforcement career, and I'll be honest—I've—I've I've never been a giant fan of the FBI at all. Most of the agents I—I've come in contact while working were arrogant pencil pusher types who never sat in the driver's seat of a black and white, right? And for the American public who's not a cop to to have the lens of the FBI as these super lawman, the best of the best—I don't think that's accurate anymore. It might've been accurate in the past, but you know, there's, they don't know a lot about police work, to be honest. I'm not sure how, how well an agency can go if for someone who's never been a cop, can come in go from a college degree, go through training, and all of a sudden now you're a detective. In, in a real law enforcement agency, that, that would never happen because they don't know what they're doing. But look, don't get me wrong. There are great agents in the FBI. I'll be the first to admit it. There are several, or not several, but many great agents but I'll, I'll be willing to bet that most of them had real law enforcement experience prior, all right? Um, there's a lot of guys who are cops who, and, and gals who are cops that come into the FBI later and they make good agents, but let's talk about some of the failures of an agency and then examine that oath that that all of these men and women have taken who are FBI special agents and see if they're honoring that oath, Okay. Looking at it, you know this is in the, in the news right now with with the uh, the gymnastics team in the Olympics. You know, the FBI failed to respond to sexual abuse allegations for over a year against the doctor, the team doctor Larry Nasser from the U.S. G- g- gymnastics team. Right? Um, the the inspector general filleted the FBI over this and said that seventy athletes, at least seventy athletes, were abused during that time period. Now Nasser was was convicted of abusing 265 people, but the FBI sat on this info and caused 70 more athletes to be abused. Do you think that's where I'm going to stop today? There, there's more. How about how the FBI used false documents to spy on incoming president and his campaign, right? A lot of people defending the FBI use that incident to say, oh, that's just the admin. That's just That's just the people in charge. That's just the people running the agency. Yeah. I think I'm going to provide some more examples that kind of says that's not the case. You've got FBI lawyers convicted for falsifying emails in the Trump investigation, who also sent anti-Trump texts to fellow employees. You got Peter Stroke and Lisa Page. Stroke is a former deputy assistant director of the FBI's counterintelligence division, right? Texting with his girlfriend, laughing about politically motivated texts while they're hunting down Trump. So what is it? Is the FBI a politically motivated organization now? They're not a crime-fighting organization. Let's look at their success on crushing crime. The FBI has has either been warned or tipped off on the following. 2016 Pulse nightclub shooter. 2018 Parkland shooter. 2013 Boston bomber. 2009 Fort Hood shooter. Recently, the, the Boulder grocery store shooter. How about the Nashville Christmas bomber from last year? In the Pulse nightclub case, it was revealed later that the father of the shooter had been an FBI informant for a decade prior to the shooting. That's a coincidence. They ignored Jeffrey Epstein's crimes that were first reported to them in 1996. 10 years later, in 2006, the US attorney from the DOJ shut down a federal sex trafficking case after he pled guilty to some state prostitution charges ignored the rest they didn't do anything until 2019 and then he suicided the fbi those those famous g-men crime fighters you remember them when they smeared richard jewell the security guard who saved a ton of people by finding a pipe bomb at the 96 olympics they went out and, and leaked info that that was him and it wasn't ruined his life how about the deadliest mass shooting in american history In Las Vegas, right? at The country festival. FBI stopped their investigation without ever determining even a motive for the shooter, is what they say. But they'll send 15 agents to investigate an alleged noose that wasn't in Bubba Wallace's NASCAR racing garage. This last week, you have the lead FBI agent in the Whitmer kidnapping probe charged for assaulting his wife after a swingers party. Now that's just a single incident that doesn't paint the whole whole agency but when you're stacking all these on top of each other it starts to. And I've got a quote from BuzzFeed on that case cuz this leads me to a whole different scary thing that's happening with with this federal agency. This is BuzzFeed, a lefty less or a leftist news company. They say about the the investigation into the Whitmer kidnapping that the FBI ran. Quote, they had a hand in nearly every aspect of the alleged plot, starting with its inception. The extent of their involvement raises questions as to whether there would have been a conspiracy without them. So even this lefty news source is starting to think that the FBI kind of pushes along crimes more than fights crime. Now the FBI is encouraging you to spare on your or to spy on your neighbor, right? They they want you to root out extremists. What is an extremist? Chris Ray will tell you that white supremacy is number one most dangerous thing in this country. So what are extremists and who are we rooting out? And and since when does the FBI recommend that we spy on our neighbors? The FBI is all about locking up grandmas who walked in the Capitol being waved on by the U.S. Capitol security guards who are sitting in jail with no allegations of violence or anything other than a misdemeanor held in were in solitary confinement with no bail for six months without trial. That's the January 6th, the insurrectionists, where nobody was charged with insurrection. These people are being held on nonviolent charges. While you have the same leftists and federal government telling you that bail is racist, I still can't figure that out. Now, look, when it comes to January 6th, don't get me wrong. If somebody assaulted law enforcement, they can rot in jail but that doesn't seem to be the case here. There is very credible information that's been appearing in the last week or two that multiple informants were in play during the January 6th incident. Did they push this, this incident along like they did the kidnapping plot of of Gretchen Whitmer? How many of these crimes they proudly investigate are due to their informants pushing the crime along? I haven't heard much about the, the pipe bombs planted the day before January 6th. How's that investigation going? Yeah, The FBI director, Chris Ray, claims that Antifa is an ideology and not an organization. Would you would like me to send them the link to Antifa social media accounts that organize illegal riots online? I, I can do that for you, Chris. They're using all their resources to round up Trump supporters who they can connect to being at the Capitol. What about what what are they doing about the, the 250 declared riots in the last year? Dozens dead, $2 billion in damage. They're rounding up BLM and Antifa rioters, right? The Antifa that regularly assaulted federal buildings in Portland night after night, assaulted law enforcement across the country. They're rounding them up, right? Asking their friends and family to turn them in, right? Wrong. They're still just going after Trump supporters. Now, look, people think the FBI is this massive behemoth agency. It's only 35,000 agents and support staff. To give you an idea, the LA County Sheriff is running at 20,000. NYPD is much more than that. It's a small agency. So don't think that, oh, maybe there's just a couple bad apples. There's apparently a lot of bad apples in the FBI. So I ask you the good fbi agents i know you're there i i know some of you are there hopefully many that still oh you know support the oath that you that you swore i swore the same oath that that you did but let me ask you are you upholding that oath it seems you're in a, politi- a politically driven corrupt organization what what will you do about it you know it's time to look at yourself in the mirror and see if you believe you are upholding the constitution by working for this agency. But don't worry. Real law enforcement is desperate in need of recruits. Maybe you could go be a real cop. All right. So at TV.com, we have been shadow banned, deplatformed, demonetized, suspended, thrown in Facebook jail, all the things, had accounts deleted, We get constantly attacked. So it's important that you support those that support us. So check out this, this message from our friends at Mammoth Nation.
1: America's under attack and they're all around us. I'm talking about liberal Democrats and they're out to destroy everything that we've worked so hard for. Mammoth Nation's here to fight for you. You only get one vote, so let's join forces. We support conservative lawmakers and the causes you hold so dearly. We stand behind our police, veterans, the Second Amendment, and much more. We need your help, so join today. All right, I am back. I have two special
0: guests. If you if you're a cop, you, you probably know both of them. You've probably seen training from both of them. They're all over the place. Uh, legends in the business. Uh, Betsy Brettner Smith and Dave Smith are here. Welcome, welcome, welcome.
2: Hey, great to be here. Yeah, we are great.
0: thrilled. Now, you guys are both. 30, 40 year cops, I won't say 40, but 30 year for Dave, I I believe you're a 30 year cop, Betsy, you're like 29 year cop, is is that what what we're dealing with here?
3: Yeah, you know, both of us have been our whole adult lives in law enforcement or law enforcement training, you know, I mean, uh, that's the whole thing is, uh, you know, we, we've never stopped any, whether we're with an agency or we're out training, you know, that's the, this is our life.
0: Yeah. And, and you guys are published authors. You speak all over the country. and You train all over the country. Uh, we'll get all the links for your training company in these videos at jdbucksavage.com. We'll, we'll take care of that. But I brought you here because you guys are experts who who aren't afraid to, to tell the truth about law enforcement. And this show is all about telling the truth, cutting through the big lie, which is all cops are racist killers and everything you see out there. Um, so... Good example of w- what's happening in social media and the media w- was a story that came out last week Um out of wisconsin and basically a video went viral some anti-police activists took a very small clip uh from a traffic stop that sh- Supposedly showed a cop planting evidence. It went viral. So let's take a look at that video real quick
3: Hey, bro, what's that? What's what? That you just threw in here
0: what's the what word? I, got, I got you on camera, bro
2: I got you on camera, we're all good. Hey, bro, you just threw that in here. Yeah.
0: All right, so that looks bad on the surface, but it's an edited clip that's a few seconds long. It shows the cop throwing the something in the back. The, the suspect calls him out on it. And this thing goes viral and, and the headlines around it are oh, cop uh, caught on video, planting evidence, all these things. But we'll play the whole video, then we'll discuss it. This came out from the department. They did a good job to deal with this, so let's play the second one. What's hey, that? What's that? What's what, what's what word? I got, I got you
2: on camera,
0: bro. I got you on camera. We're all good.
2: Hey, bro, you just threw that in here.
0: Yeah, because it was in his pocket, and I don't want to hold on to it. That's on their body cam that they took it off of him, so i'm telling you where it came from so it's an empty baggie at the moment too so okay buddy so the the police chief came out did a great job released a statement basically he pulled an empty bag of dope with no dope in it you know with a corner ripped out because they pulled the dope out he threw the trash from another guy's pocket in the back of the car this whole thing goes viral planting evidence so let me ask you this like we'll get the thoughts on this overall, but like if you could work in how you feel about body cams in twenty 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 one, 2021, um, and how they're helping law enforcement. So what do you think about this?
3: Well, I got to tell you from both of our perspectives, you know, when this thing uh, started being a movement across the United States to have body cameras, uh, you know, we were both a bit ambiguous about it. We weren't certain, uh, you know, I, I keep thinking back to my career and, the things i've said and done you know that you just like that the public doesn't know the context or why we're doing it it can be, be misconstrued but what's happened is i think that the american public is starting to understand that regardless of narratives like you just saw here the camera shows the actual interaction and i think it's gotten cops out of a lot more problems. And it's also helped the public understand the, the terror, the, the, the stress, the ambiguity of law enforcement. I think it's been a great boon.
2: Well, and I want to commend this police chief for immediately getting on this, for releasing that body cam. And that's what body cams, you know, body cams were supposed to show, you know, back when, when this began in 2014, body cams were going to show how terrible cops were, how racist and violent were, what they've ended up doing is saving a lot of police officers careers. And like Dave said, they also show people what we deal with. So here you have a chief, a brave police leader, which is kind of few and far between these days, actually put the information out immediately and say, ah, no, my officers did not plant any evidence. Here's the entire context. Of this badly edited social media video, and my cops did the right thing. Hats off to that chief! Great job by the officers.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, I'm I'm I was leaning on the anti body cam side when this whole movement began because I I was afraid what would happen was they would take you know this very narrow view of officer involved shootings that just this camera pointing in one direction gets, and they would try to hang everything on what they saw on, on the video. We really haven't seen officers being held to that like crazy standard where where it's screwed them up like i think you know i'll admit that i was wrong body cams were the best thing to happen to policing that i've seen you know in 20 years just because of these types of cases when you have administrations that aren't afraid to to bring out the evidence immediately what do you think about i, I believe it was north carolina shooting and i might be wrong on, on the state but it was a it was a warrant that the the suspect drove out and they got into a shooting in the driveway, but they refused to release the body cam for a very long time. It caused tons of problems. I mean, do you think that we need to have these police leaders immediately release this stuff, like every time?
3: Yeah. I, but my personal opinion is look, it's good, bad, or indifferent. You know, Chief Craig uh, Detroit had talked about this, how he eliminated a lot of the 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 social stress of law enforcement up there by being so open with his community you know when they had a shooting when they had an incident good bad or different whatever the, the the cause or whatever the officer's actions were in hindsight which is the problem we're always dealing with these things in hindsight we have that perfect 2020. well the camera allows us to have that ambiguity that the officer had when 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 she or he was going forward in time and they you know time and again we've seen officers like oh look she shot that guy and he was on our. well yeah because his actions were so ambiguous and terrifying to an officer they have to act now and like you're saying here in that situation that allowed it to fester because once the once the the narrative the media and the activists get their narrative going until you get that out there it's going to just it builds and it compounds and then The facts become almost irrelevant at that point.
2: In fact, there are a number of police departments, Austin, Texas comes to mind, who have a very hostile media. They have a, a hostile city council. They're getting defunded. One of the things that they do is they have their own video unit now produce videos with the body camera to show people, here's what happened. This is what needs to happen all over the country is that police departments need to release the body camera along with a statement and it's got to happen very, very quickly. And like Chief Craig has talked about for many years, he says, I talk to the public immediately and when they ask me something that I don't know, I say, I don't know, but I'm going to find out and I'm going to get back to you. Gone are the days where we have a public information officer put out a press release and then we kind of let the media chew on that. Things are such that You know the media is now everyone social media is is a platform and we have got to speak to that and so let's show people that we're doing the right thing and not just letting people because as we've all known for decades if you don't give the media information they're going to just make it up
0: (laughs) that that is absolutely true and you know and even if they are fast like this, like the, the the big problem and the big question is this department was lightning fast about fighting this false narrative, but how many people do you think saw the real version versus the original version that got millions of views? And how do we combat that? It, is it, you know, organizations like the National Police Association shows like this, um, like what do we do to, to switch the narrative when we're fighting against people who wanna get clicks off of, you know, alleged misconduct when it's not there
2: well we've got to have brave leadership like this chief we also have to have some ramifications for that guy who edits this video and puts it out that the cops did something wrong i i would like to see those police officers involved with that uh file a a lawsuit i'd like to see some civil action i'd like to see also some criminal ramifications if possible if, if wisconsin law allows and then let's make sure that we keep pushing it out there. That look, here's what happened to these guys who put out this video. They're getting sued, they're getting criminally charged. If that's possible, we gotta be we gotta be loud about it and we've gotta be frequent in the way that we get out there and talk about this particular incident because you're right, the false narrative is out there that these cops did something wrong and they didn't do a damn thing wrong.
3: Right. The problem is the narrative becomes the dominant. Again, let's face it. Most of what we call news today is actually a propaganda. It's designed to instigate social action. And and the truth is irrelevant. And that's the whole problem. Uh, They will edit, they will uh, censor, they will do whatever they need to to create that narrative and sadly the media today is anti-police and that's just a there's no other way around it uh, sure local stations and uh, and our viewers out there can go oh you know my station supports. well yeah the problem is the mainstream media uh, is is anti-police they are pro-social activists and that always leads to these problems you know it's just like talking about you know our, the program you know let's uh let's comply then complain you know try to get people to understand there's no don't physically resist any whether you believe it's illegal or not. That should be something that you'd think the media would embrace. It's been total silence because they like resisting. They like that visual. They like that film at 11. And unfortunately, it's just not healthy.
0: No, it's unsustainable, you know, the way it's going. So hopefully we can make that turn. When you have these woke politicians who are anti-police pushing legislation now, right? Like in, in Washington state, we're going to talk about this next. I'm just going to go over a few of the things here that are included in the in the House Bill 1054 that just went into effect Sunday in Washington State. So this is their their version of police reform. I mean, everything every bad idea you've seen um, to reform the police is now law, pretty much in Washington. So let's let's take a look at what a mess this is. Uh, Bans choke holes, and, and neck restraints. So there's that restricts vehicle pursuits and use of force to only when police officers have probable cause rather than reasonable suspicion. And we'll get into an example of that here in a second. Um, and and if, if you're not a cop in a nutshell, reasonable suspicion is, is basically when you have common common sense that based upon a few things that are happening that, that there's a crime occurring and this person could possibly be doing it. Probable cause is when you have enough for arrest, you can do a warrant and, and they're arrestable. So they're saying in Washington, you can't chase somebody or put your hands on somebody unless you have probable cause. It's a massive switch. They did away with no-knock warrants. Um, it, they, they did something which I'm not totally opposed with, where requires officer intervention on excessive force. I don't really have a problem with that. Um, making it easier to decertify officers in the state. A new state agency, what could go wrong with that to investigate police use of deadly force? Um, making it easier to sue officers and requiring police to exhaust appropriate de-escalation tactics. Uh, Here, we're almost done, but there's another one that the wokesters really screwed up. Um, In their quest to get rid of military grade weapons, they've now banned beanbag shotguns. So like they took away a less lethal uh, option for these officers. So here's the example, and then we'll get into this, uh, of the reasonable reasonable, uh, suspicion and probable cause difference. Police get dispatched to a burglary call Say you have a a suspect description of, of, you know, red shirt, blue pants, uh, white male, and you arrive as an officer. You see the person matching it. You see them leaving. You see them get in a car and drive away. You don't have enough to stop or or pursue or use force on that person based upon Washington state law. So how do you think this will turn out?
2: Well, who is this going to hurt? This isn't going to hurt the police. You know, all you're doing is saying police have to do less work. So this is gonna hurt the citizens, uh, especially in, in uh, urban centers and also in rural areas. You know, Washington state is a very diverse uh, state. You have everything from Seattle and that whole area to then you go down south to Spokane where we train a lot. And and it's, it's an incredibly diverse state. There's a lot of rural areas. So now what's going to happen in a lot of those areas is people are going to end up taking the law into their own hands because they're not going to have law enforcement to depend upon. The cops are going to show up, take a report, and that's going to be the end of it. It's going to be
3: dangerous, mostly dangerous for the community. Well, it's the kind of thing you wonder, was there an adult in the room when they discussed it? Was, Was there somebody there who had any rational thinking? This is all visceral, emotional. And when you ask yourself, who would allow this? Because the problem with probable cause is again a hindsight thing i know by the i get i accumulate all my facts with my suspicion with my knowledge with what i whatever the crime scene gives me or testimony gives me direct and real evidence indirect evidence all these things that we all learned about in the academy none of these politicians apparently have a clue about or have ever even sat in a trial as far as i can tell and all this is designed to, to hurt law enforcement's enforcement of law so I, I, you have to ask yourself what is the teleological end? what is the world they want to create from these laws and i have to believe what it is they, they're trying to totally uh, eliminate the effectiveness of state and local law enforcement this is a push i think nationally for a federalized law enforcement you can bet once it's a federal agency there are not going to be any rules for them and you'll see probable cause uh reasonable suspicion, won't even be an issue anymore, because you won't be allowed to question it. And this is the problem. I see. I think it all is a utopian dream that right now, though, the, the citizens of Washington State have to live in this semi-chaotic world, and the law enforcement officers are, who still care are trying to do the job in what's become a, a, an incredible hindrance.
2: I mean, Ray, think about when you were on patrol, how many medical assists did you go to? How many runaway reports did you take? How many suicidals did you go to? How many unwanted person calls did you go to? How many welfare checks did you do? None of that is going to be possible now for the police to do in Washington State. So who's going to deal with all of that? Are we going to send social workers? Are we? Are, is is uh, the dispatch center just going to say, I'm sorry we don't respond to those calls? What is going to happen to those communities when the police no longer get involved in those situations?
3: Right. One well, yeah, more Yeah. I mean, just one more issue that that really fired me up when we studied this law as being passed is the problem you have is, is that too often there's an ambiguity when I have an action. Because my idea when I have probable cause is based on my experience, my knowledge, and all those, the the totality of the circumstance. Now I'm going to have a third party analyze what my decisions and my actions were to see if I reached that threshold. And all it is, it's a new way to create liability for the officers on the street. And, I, I you know, when people say to me, hey, what do you tell the youngsters who want to be cops today? I'm like, you know what? You, you have to be, go find a place where people care about you because you care about making your community safe. But the people of the state of Washington, <laughs> people of the state of Washington have to make real hard decisions in their next few election cycles.
0: The other thing, you know, there's a couple ideas or thoughts that come to mind with this this Washington law. It's like the whole liberal thinking the whole this the side that wants to get rid of the police essentially they come up with these grand ideas that sound sound good when you say them out loud on a stage to a crowd like we're gonna stop the cops from doing this and we're gonna we're gonna stop to do this and they shouldn't be able to do this and they're just ideas but there's no thinking whatsoever about what that means what's what's the consequences what what's the reactions that are you know things are going to occur because of these um, I, I do think that they're trying to in proactive policing in America from local I, I agree with you Dave and that that is a scary scary thought when you're thinking of a federalized police because I mean look at the FBI like they're, they're a disaster of an agency currently um and, and you know they seem to be becoming more and more politicized that's the last thing we want is to inject politics in the policing uh, It's a scary idea because that's what's happening so if you're if you're a blue state cop, in a particularly bad state like Washington where they're, you know, making it harder to do your job, making it to where it's not worth doing your job almost like, do you pick up the family and leave?
2: Yeah. We're seeing a lot of that. We're, we're hearing from a lot of cops around the country that, that, uh, if they are able to do that, they are moving to places like Texas or Arizona, Wyoming, um, North and South Dakota. But, you know, even in those states, you've got to pick your area very carefully where you move to. So a lot of those officers are abandoning the urban centers and they're moving to suburban areas, to more rural sheriff's departments, um, you know, state police in more rural areas. And, you know, so what's going to happen again, who does that damage that damages the people who live in those urban centers, where the police are being defunded, where there's you know rampant de-policing going on and deprosecution, And yet, as I read today, so many of those anti-cop mayors are spending millions, millions of taxpayer dollars on their own. They call it private security, but it's their law enforcement officers on paid overtime. So it's security for me, not for thee. And that I, I, people need to pay attention, but they're
3: not. Well, he, you said it very well. This politicization. I mean, let's just look about our politicians right now are sitting around, and they're arguing about something called gun violence. Well, that, that's a nonsense. That's a that's a purely political term that allows if you and I are politicians, we can debate it all day, and it looks like we're doing something. We're actually doing nothing. Because gun violence doesn't solve any problem whatsoever. Let's talk about murder. Let's talk about robbery, rape, assault, robbery. Let's talk about the real crimes. Well, then you got to talk about the offender instead of the instrument. And that's what they don't want to talk about. They're not solving any real social problems. And like I said, I believe this is all designed to undermine state and local law enforcement. And this is something to pay attention to, all of you chiefs and sheriffs out there. What's going on? you know, with our different, uh, you know, accrediting bodies and these type of things.
2: Right. We have got to, you know, let's look at New York City, for example. They got rid of stop and, stop and frisk because it was racist. What has happened in New York City? It used to be the safest large city in the nation. Now, again, violent crime out of control, shootings out of control. And, and again, they also have a prosecutor who doesn't want to prosecute the, even the most serious of crimes. They have a uh, bail reform. So literally nobody stays in jail to await trial unless it's just been a, a mass murder. It's insanity. And yet we're all sitting back going, how much worse can it get?
0: Well, hopefully we don't find out the answer to that question. Cause uh, I'm afraid it could be a lot worse.
3: <laughs> exactly. And that's the whole thing. You know, we, we're sitting here talking today, but I, I got to wonder. You know, the the problem we have is the pro law enforcement crowd tends to fight fair. We tend to try to argue the point. We tend to try where our opponents are driven by pure emotion, and they use again. Most Americans don't understand what the nature of propaganda is, and all you got to do is watch your evening news tonight, and you're going to find out what it is: extreme emotional-driven content. All these things. Well. That's not how a republic is supposed to work. That, the, 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 this is one of the problems. This may, you know, that's just to me, it's a very dark time coming up.
0: Betsy, we can get into something more serious. You're, you're the spokesperson for the National Police Association. Great organization. Uh, we put out a lot of the stuff that you guys do on uh, Thin Blue Line TV. Um, you have some news for us on our recent surveys, something you want to talk about. So I will just hand it over to you because uh, this is
2: very important. Well, absolutely. We have been, uh, you know, de- hearing so much about the insurrection, right? The January sixth riot. There are hearings going on now. I've, I haven't seen that much weeping since uh, my daughter's high school graduation. But uh, uh, the thing is, is the National Police Association decided to see what American voters really thought, because we're we're an apolitical uh, organization. We don't get involved in politics, and yet this January 6th uh, talk of an insurrection and one riot of all the riots out of 2020 and 2021 seem to be particularly politically motivated. So we got with Rasmussen and put out a poll to find out what do American voters think about all the 2020 riots, and we found out that 66% of American voters across all racial lines believe that Congress should be investigating all of the 2020 riots, not just January 6th. And not only that, the voters believe that the police officers who were involved in those riots, who got injured, who, remember, we had police officers killed. We had a, a, everybody forgets. Early on in the George Floyd riots, we had a federal law enforcement officer killed in Oakland, California, in a drive-by shooting. He happened to be African-American. We had Captain David Dorn, who was a a retired St. Louis police officer, went to try and protect his friend's store from looters. He got gunned down. He was also African-American. We had a Las Vegas police officer paralyzed in the George Floyd riots in Las Vegas. We had over 2000 police officers injured. Many of those were career ending injuries. We had, we had physical injuries, we had vision injuries, and of course we had countless post-traumatic stress injuries as these officers watched their precincts burn down. They, they even tried to burn down a Ronald McDonald house in the George Floyd riots. They tried to burn down a nursing home in Minneapolis in the George Floyd riots. And yet we're talking about one riot in January of 2021 in Washington, D.C., and we've got overly emotional uh, both police officers and congresspersons talking only about that riot.
3: No, they're not even talking about the riot. This is my (laughs) problem. I want to know what happened January 6th. I want to know if there were FBI uh, agents or FBI uh, informants in that crowd instigating. I want to know why there wasn't enough security there. I want to know why they let people in. I see video after video and these are the problems we have. Look, let's examine the entire event, but don't just give me a narrated version, and that's what we're just getting. This, this is pure propaganda. I don't want any any officer to be assaulted in a riot, but I don't want this nation to be a myopic analysis of, of an event, a singular event. That we all were mad that anybody breached the Capitol, but Wait, who couldn't foresee that? And then you're telling me we have all these informants there? You know, and all these people new to be there, uh, an Antifa guy is doing all the videos, gets paid 70 grand to video it while he's inside the Capitol. What's going on? But those are questions they don't want to answer. Meanwhile, we want to know about Antifa. We're told by the FBI uh, director that it's more of an idea than an organization. I, I don't believe that. BLM is an openly communist organization. But we don't have anybody really explaining what that means and this is the whole problem with America I don't believe I'm the only guy and I don't believe the three of us are the only three people that are confused why our country can't focus on multiple issues and especially one where thousands of people were injured uh, tens of thousands of, uh, of, of businesses damaged or, or residents damaged and no one seems to care because the media it doesn't fit their narrative. It's a very frustrating time.
2: And apparently it doesn't fit the political narrative of the left, who again wants to they don't want to talk about Black Lives Matter. I think we've come to a point now where I think most Americans realize that Black Lives Matter doesn't really care about Black Lives. You don't see them in Chicago talking every weekend about about how many black lives are lost in chicago or st louis or baltimore or los angeles so i think people are starting to understand it. and in fact that's what our poll right showed when we talked to people they said yeah we want to know we want black lives matter uh the black lives matter riots investigated they also said you know what we don't believe that american law enforcement is racist they also said we don't believe this flag this thin blue line american flag Most of our respondents said uh, that flag's not racist. The people who fly it aren't racist. Everything that this poll has, and I would encourage people to go to nationalpolice.org or go to my Twitter feed and read this poll, because what this poll says is what most of us are thinking. And yet, frankly, the legacy media has largely ignored it
3: right this is the same media that constantly yells the word democracy in a republic but that's neither here nor there but the problem is what the npa does has done is shine the light of what okay then if a democracy is so important let's see what the demos the people what do they think about all this you know and they they've told they've told very clearly two-thirds that's a lot of people that's a huge percentage say they want to investigate what happened across this country not just January 6th. And that's something that I, I hope the media eventually picks this up. But again, you've got radio silence, it seems, across the board, except for a couple places like Breitbart.
2: Well, and I think a, a part of it, too, is that, and the respondents said, two thirds of them said, we want the politicians who are ignoring the 2020 riots to be rebuked. We want them called out. And I think that's. And they, a, and they
0: need to be. Absolutely. It's absolutely ridiculous that they're spending this much effort on on one riot. They're still telling lies about uh, Officer Sitnik saying he was killed by Trump supporters. That didn't happen. And you know, if if, if this is a serious investigation, which it's not, uh, that there, it's a show, you know, lefty trial like like the impeachments. To be honest, but if it's a serious investigation, look, I, I investigated officer involved shootings at my my unwanted time at IA. I hated it, but that's what I did. I would love to see how they cleared the shooting of Ashley Babbitt. Like that, maybe yeah. that's just me, but I would yeah. love to see how they justify deadly force in that in that shooting. And uh, you know, they've already decided the DOJ. It, it's it's just it's a, it's a mess right now. And I think the results of your poll tell a different story than what the media will tell you. I, I do believe that the, the majority of people out there still support the police, but the media is allowed to paint this picture that they're just racist killers all the time. And it's just it's just we're it's in a mess. $2 billion of damage in, in the riots. Dozens of people killed, 2,000 officers hurt compared to the Capitol riots where literally there's videos of people being led in by Capitol cops, opening the door and waving them in. And now they're sitting in in solitary confinement literally for six months without bail, where you can commit any crime in a big blue city and you're out the door to commit a crime the same day again. It's, it's a crazy situation we're in. Um, I don't know where this ends, you know. Like you were talking about the Feds and the informants too. Just this last week, the plot to kidnap Gretchen Whitmer was found oh. to be full of informants, and even a lefty reporting magazine that put out a lot of this information came to the conclusion that they didn't know if it would even occur without the informants. So it, we're in a mess.
3: Well, that's the problem, you know. You when you when you reach that line where is it is it entrapment? or is it an investigation? And, you know, uh, both of us work narcotics for years, you know, and you got to be careful how you uh, assist in the the commission of any crime, drugs or anything, uh, because you can't be the one that instituted the thought for the act. And this is the problem, you know, uh, uh, most American public doesn't understand what we're talking about in entrapment. And yeah, you know, this is one of the problems here. We're in this very critical time in our society, and the government's choosing a side instead of choosing the law and that's one of the problems we have laws for a reason in, in the politicization of laws in our in retrospect if we still write history five years from now this is going to be considered a very dark time when the when the when the government is choosing a side and enforcing only the laws that that they choose that, that's not the executive branch is not given legislative power and yet what we've seen now is that that uh, that seems to be happening and again you know uh it's it's a tough time and again i, I want to say this i this is one of the things i admire about those people still wearing the badge and the gun out there on patrol that in spite of all this you have people who are day-to-day the heroic uh men and women who serve this this uh, this republic and they should be revered and, and i know the three of us are are pro-law enforcement beyond belief and, and that's why i think our our criticisms of what's going on should carry a little more weight because no one's more law enforcement oriented than us three.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, to, to be honest, it, it, the cops that are out there still looking for the bad guy and, and to try to stop people from getting hurt and, and being proactive in this environment are extra heroes. Like yeah. it, it takes a lot to yeah. still oh, be yeah. in and, and be active in, in this environment. So hats off to like, it's shocking to me, you know, at thin blue line TV, we, we publish. Almost every body cam we can get our hands on. So I, I see it, all of it, all the shootings, pursuits, and there's still cops out there doing it every day, no matter what. When, when this everything stacked against them, they literally, I mean, I had the feeling that these guys could go to jail at any time for doing their job, right? So they have that feeling too. They're still out there doing it. Like that's that's the definition of a cop. Like doesn't matter the consequences. I'm gonna go help people. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a mess. Well, it, was, it was a pleasure having you guys on. I'm going to include in in, uh, in the segments your links to your your training, your books, National Police, all the good things. If you ha- don't follow these two, you need to. Um, but thanks again for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank thanks you. for
2: having us. Ah!
1: America's under attack, and they're all around us. I'm talking about liberal Democrats, and they're out to destroy everything that we've worked so hard for. Mammoth Nation's here to fight for you. You only get one vote, so let's join forces. We support conservative lawmakers and the causes you hold so dearly. We stand behind our police, veterans, the Second Amendment, and much more. We need your help, so join today.